focus on our mission and our purpose, then those other pieces begin to fall into place. Welcome to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. My name is Rich Rodowski. I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at LBT. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to share about an upcoming opportunity for you to highlight the ministry and work of Bible translation in your congregation or small group ministry. World Bible Translation Day is celebrated every year by Christians throughout the world on September 30th, which has historically been the festival day of St. Jerome, the translator of the Bible into the Latin Vulgate translation, a translation which continued the church's emphasis on Christianity and the gospel being inherently translatable, that there should be no barriers to understanding the gospel. Luther himself valued the scriptures in the mother tongue and helped the Reformation to firmly take root with his translation of the German New Testament in 1521-1522 and the full Bible in 1534. While in the process of translating, Luther wrote to a friend that he wished that this book alone in all languages would live in the hands, eyes, ears, and hearts of all people. To help Lutheran celebrate this important part of our heritage, Lutheran Bible Translators has prepared a collection of resources and tools to help you celebrate Bible Translation Sunday on the last Sunday of September, this year, September 27th. Simply go to the LBT website, lbt.org, and click on the Bible Translation Sunday link to access sermon materials, print and non-print media assets for the bulletin or for screens, engaging video content, children's materials, and so much more. This year's theme is The Building Without the Book, presented by Dr. Carl Fikenter, homiletics professor at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. Based on the story of the discovery of the Book of the Law during the reign of King Josiah of Israel, recorded in 2 Kings 22, the theme invites us to consider how our churches would be if we had the building, but not the book, if the scriptures were not the foundation for our gatherings and worship together. What would arise to fill the void if we had the building but not the book? This was the situation that Luther experienced during the time of the Reformation, and is the same situation experienced by many Christian congregations today where the scriptures are not easily understood in the language of the Christian community. Many things can arise to fill the void when you have the building without the book. You have the opportunity to explore how your congregation or small group ministry can get involved in the Bible translation movement to put God's word in their hands. Simply go to lbt.org and click on Bible Translation Sunday to celebrate on the last Sunday in September or any date that works for your congregation or small group ministry. Today's guest on the podcast is Pastor Michael Potschmidt of St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Concordia, Missouri, one of many Lutheran churches that will be celebrating Bible Translation Sunday this year. We sat down to talk about his recent travels to Ethiopia with LBT, as well as life in the parish in the United States during the COVID-era pandemic, the importance of engaging preaching, what he's learned in 15 years of pastoral ministry, and so much more. Also note that towards the end of the interview, you can hear some loud weather-related noises in the background, which are the thunder and heavy rain, which we would learn later were part of a massive derecho storm that barreled across a large part of the Midwest on August 10th, causing quite a bit of damage in many places. We continue to hold in prayer all the people and organizations who suffered damage during that storm, and we dedicate this episode to you. May the firmness and hope that we have in the Word of God, as you'll hear Michael talk about in this interview, 
May that firmness and hope be your reminder that the God who spoke that word is also watching over you. We're here with Pastor Michael Potschmidt. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, we're going to talk about Bible Translation Sunday and some other things. Before we jump into that, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, when or how you decided to become a pastor, and how long you've been around here in Concordia, Missouri, when you first heard about Bible Translation, whatever comes to mind. Thanks, Rich. It's really great to be a part of the podcast. I wanted to be a pastor from a young age. played pretend pastor as a kid and uh, made that decision early on to go into ministry. And I've been a pastor now for 15 years. First 12 was in a church in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, for the last two and a half years have been here in Concordia, Missouri at St. Paul's. And so have enjoyed serving the Lord and his church in a couple of different places, very different settings, but a lot of similarities between the two. So uh, how did you find out about Bible Translation Ministry? What's the first... uh connections or how'd that get on your radar? So I knew about Bible translation and Lutheran Bible translators specifically, probably going back to growing up in the uh, in the Lutheran church, Sunday school years, hearing stories of missionaries overseas, Bible translation work, you know, videos shown in church. And uh, that really opened my eyes to just the work that is being done around the world. So you visited Ethiopia with us a couple of years ago. Give us your impressions of what you saw there and what really sticks out from that time. So I know it's a, a cliched and kind of overused phrase, but it was absolutely, absolutely true for me. And that is that trip was a, a life-changing experience. It was my first overseas international uh, trip. So everything was new. Everything was eye-opening. Uh, my traveling companions were gracious to uh, to put up with a, a newbie traveler and just to kind of be a fly on the wall in some sense for me to uh, to see that work that is being done overseas. Uh, again, I've known about Lutheran Bible translators from a young age, but to actually see the translation work that's being done, to visit translation sites, to, uh, to talk to LBT missionaries and translation partners, to hear from some of the congregations and communities that are waiting for uh, the New Testament or for the f- full Bible in their own language. That was just a really amazing experience and exciting to see how God's kingdom is moving, is growing. It's just, just absolutely fantastic to see um, it, uh, in, in a strange way for me, that trip to Ethiopia, uh, it made the world smaller, but it made the kingdom of God so much bigger in my own mind, if that makes sense. Sure, and I think a lot of our listeners would be surprised to know that the, the Lutheran Church in Ethiopia is the largest Lutheran church in the world. Um, you know, historically, Lutheranism comes from Europe and has been here in the United States for a couple of hundred years. Um, what did uh, you know? What did you see that uh, that sort of I don't know confirmed that or or uh, you know what what uh, what about the Lutheran Church in Ethiopia did you find unique? So the the church in Ethiopia and Makani Jesus there, what I what I saw as I as I visited was a church that is absolutely dedicated to reaching more and more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Evangelism outreach is not something that is 
just sort of a, a tacked on piece, kind of an afterthought to the work that they're doing, but is, is built into uh, how they view themselves, how they are looking at reaching out into new communities, new people groups. It is certainly tied in with the multitude of translation projects that are taking place there and more still that could be done there. And um, I think for me, as I, as I went in, I, I sort of was kind of looking for what is, what is the, the secret sauce that's there? What is kind of the, the thing that they're doing that is just sort of created this exponential growth? And while I I didn't see it. There's not a specific program where they wouldn't sort of point to, oh, you know, this evangelistic program or this specific mechanism is what's causing the growth. What I saw consistently throughout was an intentionality when it comes to outreach and evangelism. It is built into the fabric of, of the work that they are doing. Yeah. The um, Talking about uh, Bible Translation Sunday then, um, the the building without the book uh, is the theme for Bible Translation Sunday this year. Um, and the, the homily uh, invites the hearer to imagine what would happen in our churches if there was the ritual but no scripture. What kind of things does that bring to mind for you? So that theme, the building without the book and the, the resources for Bible Translation Sunday, reminded me of a line uh, from a play. I'm a theater guy and uh, reminded me of a Shakespeare play Macbeth, who's, who talks about sound and and fury, but but uh, signifying nothing, yeah. right? And so all this activity that can certainly take place within a church, if it is not grounded in God's word, if it is not pointing people to God's word, what is all of that effort and energy uh, at the end of the day? What is that energy geared towards? What is that effort being... Uh, what, what is that effort producing? Um, so religious activity, in my mind, doesn't necessarily re- equate with spiritual growth or discipleship. Being busy is not our goal as a church. Just having a lot of things going on, a lot of activities mm-hmm. taking place. It's not just to provide this kind of plethora of, of goings-on for people of, of all ages it really must be geared towards towards the scripture and, and having people rooted and grounded in God's word. And without the without the Bible, the church is just just an empty shell. It's it's hollow mm-hmm. without that grounding in the gospel. Yeah. So um, as a preacher, um, with that that grounding in the word, why do you think that it is important for preachers to hone the craft of preaching. So we hear, you know, the Word of God is what works, the Holy Spirit works through the Word. Why is it so important that um, that a preacher really, you know, do a great job preaching? Doesn't the Word do all the work itself? So the Spirit is going to move where the Spirit moves. Obviously, Pentecost proves that. But there are so many elements in that communication process mm-hmm whether it's setting, volume, tone, uh, content, of course, and a breakdown in any one of those can create a hindrance, an obstacle for the Spirit to do the work that the Spirit is going to do. It, It hinders a person's ability to hear and receive the Word. 
it reminded me of a story that was told during that Ethiopia trip mm-hmm. about um, in some settings where the, the Bible is not yet uh, in the, the language of that people group, where on a Sunday morning during that service, that sermon is being translated several times over. So you've got an English missionary preaching and uh, another uh, mission, another uh, person is translating that from English into Amharic and then Amharic into uh, Oromo and to Oromo into another, uh, another language. And it, it makes me wonder sometimes, um, are there translation difficulties that, that I as a preacher can sometimes create? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, def- not language in the same way, of course, as it was in, in Ethiopia, but is my, um, if I haven't studied the text well enough or the content is, is put together in a way that may be theologically accurate but is kind of confusing to the hearers, or have I not worked on the presentation side of that message, does that in a way create translation difficulties yeah. for folks to, to hear and receive the word, even in our pews right here at St. Paul's in Concordia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Um, as, a, uh, as a pastor and even as a husband and a father, how have you found the Bible to be meaningful and important in your life? So the Bible for me, obviously, you can't, uh, you can't overstate the Bible and the role that it plays. Um, but before I use the Bible as a, as a pastor in my work, that word first must also speak to me personally. And I can tell those times when I have not been in the Word as much as I should. And as a pastor, I struggle with that just as much as anybody else. The schedules get busy. You're kind of pulled in a lot of different directions. And so dedicating time to being in God's Word um, that is a is sometimes harder for me, uh, just as it is for for others and as well. So even as I preach, even as I teach, even as I obviously use the Bible in my day to day work, I also need that instruction and the uh, correction and the guidance and the encouragement that the Word gives. I can't I can't share what I don't first have myself mm-hmm. right yeah and so so it's it's a it's a tool and a resource not for, not just for me to to use in my work with the congregation but for for me personally and together as a family as well so I've got two little girls and my wife and I just really enjoy those spiritual conversations that take place with our girls so they're fourth grade and first grade and seeing their eyes open to to the word and stories and, and building connections to the word and day-to-day life what a joy that is uh, as as a dad as you've been uh, also leading a congregation and uh, and a ministry here uh, stateside during the covid-19 uh, crisis what kind of struggles and adjustments have you had to make how has that impacted the ministry of preaching and and reaching and and uh, grounding folks in in the Word. So we are in the same boat as everybody else trying to wade through the information as it comes and as leaders and scientists and medical personnel learn more about the disease and try to adapt 
uh, to the changing situation and provide information. We're, we're right there with everybody else trying to, trying to figure out uh, what is the most up-to-date and accurate information. How can we apply that to our own situation? And what I probably naively thought at first, going back to March when, when things uh, were all kind of shut down, what I at first thought was probably going to be, oh, it, it, it may just be sort of a, a short interruption yeah. to our activities, uh, maybe just a few months, and we'll be back up and running again like usual, has turned into more of a disruption that does not necessarily have a, an end date that's very clear. Yeah. And so rather than just kind of waiting out that brief interruption we're kind of in an intermediate phase right now trying to understand and figure out how do we do ministry in this time where we're sort of half open and still a portion of the congregation and community are still very much concerned, uh, not yet ready to come out for uh, in-person events and activities. And so how now do we minister to kind of two different groups of people. Uh, we had moved a lot of our ministry to, uh, to online, at online worship, uh, even before the shutdown, which was great to have as a resource while everything was, was shut down and people were sheltered at home. And we're still doing that and still utilizing that. But beyond that worship experience for other elements that are just as important in the life of a congregation. So uh, teaching opportunities, pastoral care, what does that look like now when you have kind of two groups of people, one that is ready for in-person activities and another that is kind of still at home, still uncertain about how much or if at all they're ready to kind of step into public at this particular time. Yeah. That's true. How, do, how has technology you know, played a role in that in terms of certainly what you've done at St. Paul's, but just how have you observed that um, technology has played into this whole situation? I think the church's use of technology certainly has been advanced in this time. So conversations about how to utilize different technological resources that are at our disposal we were kind of batting those things around at St. Paul's, how to use more uh, video teaching and uh, how to continue to enhance our uh, social media presence and online presence. So while we were kind of having some theoretical conversations before COVID-19 hit, now with the arrival of this pandemic that accelerated our conversation about, boy, this is this really is something that we need to invest in, involve ourselves in, and how do we do that quickly? And uh, we are we are students of uh, of technology all of a sudden here in ways that we did not expect. A kind of crash course in uh, video editing and sound and, and all right. of those things. Yeah. So that yeah, brings a whole other skill set to the yep. floor. And yeah. That's true. Um, what do you think is critical for the church to keep in mind or to be focused on at this time? So at this time, and in some sense it hasn't really changed from even before coronavirus, that situation really hasn't, hasn't changed this. The church can and should continue to keep that focus on reaching out to its members and to its neighbors it's easy to kind of set that onto the back burner, especially at a time like this when, when folks are, are concerned and, and membership is kind of in flux. 
it's easy to kind of put that outreach piece on the back burner and sort of say, well, we've got other things we've got to worry about now. But mm-hmm. to really keep that focus on on outreach, reaching our neighbors, equipping our people for uh, for their own spiritual care and well-being, but how does the church provide light and help and hope at such an uncertain time? And so keeping that focus uh, on the importance of evangelism and outreach, even here, even now. Yeah, that's true. I think that we had some conversations here about, uh, you know, do we move forward with the Bible Translation Sunday uh, as planned? And and as we looked out uh, around the world to our global partners, we really saw, um, you know, folks that are struggling in, in a lot the same ways that we are, but also with a a marked resiliency in being able to to pivot and shift and continue the the work of ministry in unique ways to continue to gather together in a safe way to continue the work of translation and and uh, production and it just really inspires us to say let's join in and uh, as god is at work there let's uh, continue to maybe even provide for the churches here in the u.s a, a bigger picture of and the opportunity to take a look at what god is doing uh, out there as well well in some sense you know this pandemic has highlighted the important need of that gospel message at a time where folks are looking for help. They're looking for hope. They want something that looks beyond the difficulties of this particular moment. Where else can and should the church point people to but to God's word? And if folks don't have access to that or if folks don't know that good news of the gospel, where else can they turn for help? Where else can they find hope? Uh, in a situation that otherwise can be very grim and hopeless. Yeah, that's true. And so as you think about uh, some of your exposure to uh, what you see happening in the global church, what do you think is that that we can learn here in our churches in the West when, when we look to how the church is working around the world? So the church around the world and the growth of the church in in many places is uh, is a great encouragement for, for myself, for us here in the, in the States, the encouragement of how God's kingdom moves and how God's kingdom grows, even sometimes even in spite of, of the things that we, that we try to do, as long as our focus is where it, where it should be. Um, it's easy to be distracted by the, the what of our life as the church. We get sort of distracted by uh, the, the details about programming or activities or the organizational structure of the church, and we start to lose the why of our identity. But it's in those places and in those moments where we are focused on that why, that sharing of the gospel, that delivering of the good news of, of Jesus Christ, it's in those moments then that, that we, we have our focus reoriented and God blesses those efforts. And in an ironic sort of way, when we, when we lose sight of the why and focus on the what, um, we, uh, we, we easily can, can lose the gospel. But when we focus on the why, when we focus on our mission and our purpose, then those other pieces begin to fall into place. Mm-hmm. And we begin to see what it is that we need to do, how we need to do it in order to be faithful to that mission and purpose that God has given to us, that identity of, 
of being God's people in our community and in our world today. Yeah, and uh, you, you mentioned it when you were uh, introducing yourself, but in the uh, 2020, as it's uh, as it's rolled by, uh, your 15-year anniversary in ministry has also rolled by now. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is the most important thing you think you've learned in, in those years of ministry service? Oh, there's so many lessons that, that I could <laughs> point to. And the one, that, the one that comes consistently to mind is patient trust in God. It's hard for my sort of control personality to, uh, to let that go, but patiently watching and, and waiting for God to do what he's going to do, taking more of a, a process versus a results-oriented kind of an, kind of an approach yeah. to ministry, being faithful in the process and leaving those results to God, where I want to sort of jump in and kind of uh, get in the way, or I think that uh, things aren't moving fast enough, or they're not moving the way that that they should, or things are moving at the the speed of church sometimes, which can be yeah. sort of sort of slow and sometimes a little bit plodding. Um, it's uh, it's sitting back and and letting God do what what God does best, uh, which is uh, which is shape people uh, into the image of Christ and uh, use people to to share that good news with others. Yeah. So as you reflect on your life and your service, what gives you joy in, in your work? I enjoy watching uh, groups of people working together yeah. in ministry together. I long ago learned that I am not the smartest person in the room, even with that, even with that MDiv, that seminary training. When it comes to ministry planning, I'm not the smartest person in the room. There are so many gifts and so many talents that God assembles together in his church at a particular time at a particular place for a particular purpose. And it is so much fun to, to, to be a part of that process of God's people working together to build up the body of Christ and to be a blessing to their community. So that's just, just such, a, such a fun part of, of this work. Yeah, that is so true. And, and uh, I think as we are in a time where our, our culture here in the U.S. continues to shift, what advice do you have for folks who would consider working in full-time ministry or missionary service? So I would encourage those who might be considering work, full-time work in God's church, to pay attention to that little voice in their head that, that is encouraging them to explore that. Don't push that aside. Mm-hmm. That, that little voice is, uh, is sometimes what God uses to move people to new avenues of ministry. And so explore what it might look like to, to take that step into ministry, uh, to become that missionary or pastor, teacher, deaconess, whatever that, that might be. Talk to someone who is doing that work. Ask them questions. Learn more about what it takes to to be in that role and to do that work of ministry. And through it all, trust that God is going to use you wherever you are and whatever it is that that you do. God is going to use the gifts that you have to expand his mission and ministry and look for those opportunities wherever you may be. Yeah. All right. Well, we look forward to uh, celebrating Bible Translation Sunday here at uh, St. Paul's and in many other congregations, uh, even our uh, Lutheran churches. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you, to you today. We've been talking with Pastor Michael Potschmidt, Senior Pastor at St. Paul's Lutheran Church. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me on. 
Thank you to Pastor Michael Potschmidt of St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Concordia, Missouri, for being our guest on the podcast today and for sharing your experience of parish ministry in the U.S. and how the larger view of God at work throughout the world in his church inspires you and St. Paul's congregation. If you are a pastor or church leader and would like to explore visiting LBT Project work like Pastor Michael did, please send me an email at info at lbt.org. If you are interested in exploring missionary service with LBT, please write to recruiter at lbt.org. To access materials for your congregation or small group to participate in Bible Translation Sunday, the last Sunday of September, or whenever works for your congregation, please visit lbt.org and click on the Bible Translation Sunday link. Thank you for listening to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. Look for past episodes of the podcast and leave feedback at lbt.org slash podcast or subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you go to those other platforms to subscribe, please leave us a good rating so that others can find the podcast. Follow Lutheran Bible Translator's social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or go to lbt.org to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. The Essentially Translatable podcast is edited and produced by Andrew Olson and distributed by Sarah Lyons. Executive producer is Amy Gertz. Podcast artwork designed by Caleb Rodewald. Music written and performed by Rob Veit. I'm Rich Rodowski. So long for now.